Good morning. You know, I don't know if anybody's told you this this week. I just want to let you know, in case nobody else has said this to you this week, I love you. Because now, even when you are unlovable, that's never right. No, because God loves you. Jesus loves you so much. And if nobody has ever told you that, you can know it with confidence today. Let me ask you, how many of you are ready to study God's word today? All right. If you want to find a Bible, in just a few minutes, we're going to be in Micah chapter 6 again, just like we were two weeks ago. We're going to dive back into that passage of scripture again in just a few minutes. But first, let's start with Proverbs 16, verse 18, which says, Pride goes before destruction, a haughty spirit before a fall. Would you say that with me? Let's read that out loud together. Proverbs 16, 18 says, Pride goes before destruction, a haughty spirit before a fall. The Bible says that pride is dangerous. Now, what is the opposite of pride? Would you say that, that the opposite of pride is humility? And the Bible says that pride and humility are opposite paths. Just like darkness and light, day and night, up and down, in and out, that, that pride and humility cannot coexist. Now, if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, then which has God called you to? The path of pride or the path of humility? Right? The, the reason that people are so confused so often in our world today, there are many reasons, but this is one of the main ones because our world says that pride is the answer. But Jesus says that humility is the answer. I came across a, a feature where they asked celebrities about pride. Uh, because, of course, if you're famous, then you have life figured out, right? Celebrities. And so they mentioned that pride is one of the seven deadly sins. And it was interesting, some of these celebrities in their response to the idea of pride being a sin. Queen Latifah said, pride is a sin? She said, I have never heard that. Actress Kirstie Alley said, I don't think pride is a sin. I think you made that up. Rapper Ice-T said, pride is mandatory. That's one of the problems of the inner city. Kids don't have enough pride. In fact, right now, Toronto is preparing this spring for one of their biggest parades every year called the Pride Parade. Because our world says that, that pride in yourself is the answer. But Jesus says, no, humility is the answer. And here in Micah chapter 6, we see that, that, that Scripture says pride is in fact an obstacle that keeps us away from God. Micah chapter 6, verse 6 and 7 begins with, What shall I come before the Lord and bow down before the exalted God? Shall I come before him with burnt offerings, with calves a year old? So these are, these are good and pleasing 
offerings that God demands in Scripture. So it's not that God has not commanded these things in the Old Testament. He had, just like there are many things that God demands of us if we are to live lives that are faithful to Him. But those things that we do in obedience to Him are not the extent of our relationship with Him. He continues, will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams, with with 10,000 rivers of oil? None of us could give that much. Shall I offer my firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? And then he answers the question and says, no. He has showed you, O man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? To act justly and to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. And so two weeks ago, we looked in detail at at all three of these things that, that God requires of us. We talked about what it means to act justly, and how to love mercy. And today, we're going to drill down, though, even deeper into this question of how to walk humbly with our God. And there are three things uh, that we're going to look at in just a minute. But first of all, I want to give you a definition of humility. I think this is the best one I've ever seen. The definition of being humble, it doesn't mean you think less of yourself. It means you think of yourself less. Isn't that that profound? Let's say that together. The definition of being humble It doesn't mean you think less of yourself. It means you think of yourself less. And so three things that that humility helps us do. Number one, humility helps us do what is needed regardless of recognition. Acts chapter 20, verse 35, in everything I did, Paul says, I showed you that by this kind of hard work, We must help the weak. Remembering the words the Lord Jesus himself said, that it is more blessed to give than to receive. Now, what does it mean to help the weak? I think it means to help people who can't pay you back. To do things regardless of who gets the credit. Regardless of whether or not we get any recognition, an article in Life magazine told about a man named Dan Dyer. Uh, He was a maintenance worker at Roper Hospital in Charleston, South Carolina. And for years, Dan had taken care of the air conditioning and heating systems at the hospital. Most of the doctors and nurses, the, the hospital administrators and patients never even knew that he existed. He usually was working in the boiler room or down in the basement, just faithfully doing his job, no one ever realizing how Dan contributed to the saving of lives. But all that changed when a hurricane hit the hospital. And the hospital, just like the rest of the city, lost all of its electricity. All of its power was gone. And so Roper Hospital had to rely on their backup generator. But apparently there was some problem with the fuel pump that supplied the diesel fuel to the generator. And if that fuel was not being supplied to the generator, the generator would stop, the electricity stopped, 
and people in the intensive care unit would die. And so Dan went out into the hurricane to hand pump the fuel. He was out there on that generator with the winds howling and the, wa- uh, the rain pounding down and, and debris flying all around him. And he risked his life not just once, but five times he went out into the storm to keep that generator running. He was not going to let people die, not on his watch. And folks, that was the night that the the doctors and nurses, the, the hospital administrator, and even the governor of South Carolina learned who Dan Dyer was. And and what's ironic is that up until that night, Dan was just doing the same thing that he always did. He was always just faithfully and humbly doing his job. Nobody knew his name until after the hurricane. And I wonder if there are some of you here today who you feel that way. Nobody recognizes how hard I work. In my family, look at all I do for my family, and they don't care. At work, it seems like all the jobs come to me, and nobody else is carrying their weight. And I never get the recognition that that I deserve. At school, nobody notices what I do. At church and in my neighborhood, and we have so many faithful people here in this place who serve to, to share the love of God with people. Some of you, you work in the nursery and you, you teach and train our children. You invest time with our teenagers and sacrifice of your schedule and your sleep. <laughs> you, you plan outreach events and service projects in the community. You help do projects around the church. and and help fix things, you lead small groups, you pray for others, you fix meals for people who are sick, you you visit people in the hospital, you set up and tear down for events, you make new people feel welcome, you invite your, your neighbors and your friends to church and you share the love of Christ with them, you help keep records and do administrative and organizational tasks around the church, you, 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 you stand at the door and you welcome people as they come into the house of God, you run lights and, and sound and, and video, you give of your time and energy in order that others might know the love of Jesus. And we thank you for that. We thank you for that. In fact, if you would like to serve in some way, just grab your Connect card. (laughs) Just grab your Connect card, and on there, there's a little box that says, I would like to serve in a ministry, and uh, somebody will contact you very soon, and, uh, and we have a whole system designed for people to find ways to serve Jesus by serving other people. Because something like greeting out in the parking lot or rocking a baby in the nursery, contributes in immeasurable ways to providing a place where people can experience the love of Jesus in his church. Humility doesn't mean you think less of yourself. It just means you think more of what others need. 
Last weekend, we welcomed over 3,000 people to our facility on Saturday, and Sunday morning, we had just under 1,500 people here on Sunday morning with 21 who made a commitment to Christ because of your hard work because of your devotion to the mission of Jesus and because you realize just as much as I do that there are thousands in our region who are dying apart from Christ, who desperately need to know that Jesus loves them. See, pride does things to be recognized, but humility serves out of love. Number two, humility enables us to be grateful for what we have. Let's read uh, together Colossians chapter 3, verse 17. This is a really great verse, a good one for us to be reminded of on a regular basis, because it says, whatever you do, okay, here we go, let's read it together. Colossians 3, 17 says, and whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him, giving thanks in everything we do. Uh, there was an old legend. Now, but I, I want to make clear, this is not a story that's in the Bible or anything. This is just one of those, those parable-type stories, a legend of a man who found the barn where Satan stores all of his seeds, the seeds that Satan plants in the hearts of mankind in order to draw us away from God and convince us of his lies. And as he looked at the seeds all around this barn and in bags with labels on them, he saw that there was one type of seed more than any of the rest, and it, it was all of the bags that were marked seeds of discouragement. Discouragement. There was more than any other seed. And the man asked Satan, why do you use discouragement so much? And Satan said, because it's the kind of seed that we can get to grow almost anywhere. And the man asked Satan, almost anywhere? And Satan hung his head and said, yes, almost there's only one place where the seeds of discouragement will not grow, and it is in the heart of a grateful man. See, when you are grateful for the blessings in your life, big and small, the more grateful you are, the less of a chance discouragement can take root in your heart. Humility is not thinking less of yourself, it's just looking around and being grateful for all that God has blessed you with. Do you thank God for every blessing? Do you thank God for the people in your life who have been a positive influence, who have helped you in the past? In fact, we have an assignment for you today. You might just want to grab some place to write it down, maybe even on your phone right now. You want to put it on your calendar to do this. We want you to pick someone today. Would you pick someone and write down their name Someone who has made a positive difference in your life. Maybe they don't even know it. Maybe it's not something significant. Maybe it's just something little. And this week, will you write a note of encouragement to them? Maybe you could take out an old-fashioned pen and paper. <laughs> it, you, I think they still sell them at Walmart. 
And you could go and, and buy a thank you card, maybe, or a note. And you could even do it online if you have to. You could use private messenger or email. And, and, and just write a note with these two things. Tell them what they did for you. And tell them how it impacted your life. What is it that you appreciate about that person? What is it that you see in their life that is noteworthy? And then tell them what it means to you. I was thinking about it this week and I realized something, that I have never met a grateful person who had a bad attitude. Think about the people you know who have a bad attitude. Don't say their name, please. <laughs> grateful people tend to not struggle with a bad attitude. When's the last time you knew a truly happy person who was also a constant complainer? It's kind of chicken or the egg. People are like, oh, well, I, I, I complain because I have all these problems. Have you ever thought maybe sometimes we have all these problems because we complain? I, I, I was thinking about that this week, so, about some of those people who are, who are positive encouragers, grateful people who have a hard time focusing on the negative. And I uh, thought of my Aunt Shirley, who sits right there, and her sister Muriel, who sit right there, and, and, and the, the hundreds of senior citizens that we have at this church who are so amazing. We, we have so... In fact, this week... Uh, they've invited me to come. I don't know if they know uh, that David and I are going to do, and I'm going to do all the music this Thursday for Super Seniors, and I'm going to play the piano. We're going to do all request oldies, and they can pick any hymn out of the hymn book, any old song, and I'll see if I can play it. And so we're going to, why? Because they are the most wonderful people who, do you think they would choose to do things the way we do things around here a lot of times, if they were to have things their way? No, but they love you. Those of you who are coming to Christ, those, they say, let's do whatever it takes because we are grateful for what God has done in this place. They look for people to bless. In fact, sometimes I have to watch out in the atrium because if I see somebody over 80 years old, they're coming quick and they're ready to love on you. I mean, it is a beautiful, beautiful thing. And I prayed about it this week. I said, God, help me to be like that. Help me to be like that, to, to love people and to encourage people and not always to fight for things to be my way, but to say whatever it takes to share the love of Jesus with people. That's why this church has such a great history, because of people like that. Number three, humility. Come on now, let's get it now. Humility enables us to put our trust in God. See, this is, this is the big danger spot, though, when it comes to pride. Because pride is an obstacle that separates us from God. Psalm 10, verse 4. In his pride, the wicked does not seek him. Because if I'm proud, I don't need God, right? In all his thoughts, there is no room for God. Now, I need a volunteer, and uh, so this is uh, like a game of you better watch out because I might pick you. And so uh, I'm, I need somebody who knows how to spell. Does anybody know how to spell over here? Yeah, somebody, okay, you know how to spell. 
Yay! Thank you for your volunteering. Go ahead and have a seat. Or um, stand up, I mean. <laughs> you can have a seat in a minute. Tell everybody your name. Anna Thibodeau. Everybody say hi, Anna Thibodeau. Hi. Yes, okay. I promise it'll be really easy, okay? okay? So I'll give you a really easy word. Spell the word chrysanthemum. No, I'm kidding. I'm, I'm joking. Okay, the word is pride. Go ahead and spell the word pride. P-R-I-D-E. Do you agree? Okay, now, think about those letters. What letter is in the middle of pride? I. I. Let, let, let's spell another word. Spell the word sin. S-I-N. What's in the middle? I. I. Would you thank Anna? Would you thank? Good job. Way to go. Your grade school teacher would be so proud. And so, so the challenge, the problem with pride is when we put ourselves at the center of the universe and we think that everything revolves around me. Look at me. But we can do nothing of lasting significance, nothing of eternal value, nothing that is worthy of God until we take ourselves off of the throne and put Jesus at the center of our lives. Uh, Tracy and I uh, have some very uh, close friends who are serving in China. And they, th there's a story that, uh, that I've, I've heard about how just like them, there was a missionary who was called to go teach school in China. And she began with a deep sense of God's calling. She was just so sure that this was God's will for her life. But just like all of us, eventually doubts started to creep in. And so as she's on this long boat trip to China, she starts to wrestle with these doubts and she starts to panic and think, how will I be able to provide for myself? What if I struggle with the language? I don't know anybody. What if they don't like me? And, and at night, she would wrestle and toss and turn. And one night, she went to sleep on the boat, worried and upset. And as she drifted off to sleep, she had a dream. And in this dream, she was out in the middle of the ocean all by herself, standing on a plank. So there she is on a plank of wood out in the middle of the ocean. And she says in the dream, a voice spoke to her and said, go to China. And she said, but, but I can't. I'm out here all on this water, all by myself. If I step off of this plank, I will die. I will drown. And again, the voice said, to China. And so in this dream, in obedience, she mustered up her faith and she lifted her foot and slowly stepped out onto the water. And as she did, another plank appeared from up out of the water. And then she took another step. And with each step of faith, another plank came up out of the water. And she woke up from that dream with, with a new sense of confidence that even though the task before her seemed impossible, that in the hands of God, anything can be accomplished. And some of you here today, you feel like you are in deep water. 
Some of you feel like you're out in the middle of the ocean all alone. And frankly, you're here today afraid that you might drown. But listen, you may feel that you cannot handle what life is throwing at you right now, but God can. God can. See, humility, it's not thinking more highly of yourself than you ought. And it's, it's not thinking of yourself more lowly than you ought. Humility is seeing yourself through God's eyes and knowing how much He loves you and being more concerned about what He wants in your life and more concerned about the needs of others. We, we live in a society today that has a what about me disease. What about me disease. Every political issue, what about me? Every societal issue, what about me? Whether liberal or conservative or man or woman or whatever you call yourself, even Christians today, it's like everybody is screaming, what about me? What about what I deserve? Everybody says, listen to my voice. And all along, God is saying, but don't you care about my voice? God's saying, what about me? See, humility, humility, instead of saying, what about me, is saying, what about God? And what about the needs of others? Would you stand? <laughs> Heavenly Father, today, Lord, we are reminded of how easy it is to slip into the patterns of this world. And Father, we pray that as we, as your people, seek to act justly, to stand up against injustice in our world, in the name of Jesus, and to love mercy, to forgive others as we have been forgiven, that none of that is possible apart from us walking humbly with you, our God. And so for those who are struggling today, those who feel like they're out in the middle of the ocean, all alone, with no support. Today, may you reveal yourself to them today, that, that they would see that you are here, that you are near, and that you love them. That the only way that we can truly find this relationship with you is through surrender. And so for anyone in this room today, if you have never made a commitment to Christ 
Would you confess your sin and say, I have tried to do it on my own. I've been so focused on myself in my life that I have failed to ask God, what about you? What do you want for me? Thank you that Jesus died on the cross so that I can be forgiven for my sin. Thank you that, that through Jesus, I receive new life, abundant life, fulfilling life that I can now walk humbly with my God. And so, Lord, we as your children commit ourselves to you. And that as we walk through this troubled world, that we would walk in the peace of God that passes understanding, that your peace and your goodness would reign in our lives as we live in faith, as we put our trust